Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. The Radical Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.americanfirearms.org. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Red Club podcast. I have Will Ranke and Ben Stacy on today. They are the partners of Forge Relations, which we're going to get into and talk about. So guys, I really want to know, first of all, how did you two even meet? <laughs> well, first <laughs> off, uh, thank you for having us. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. And uh, of course, the very famous meeting question. Well, um, you know, it's actually quite simple. We're going we're gonna to thank Instagram for that one. Um, so Ben at the time, um, he was running and he owns, still owns it, uh, his page called guns daily. And at the time I owned a fitness center called sky fitness, uh, here in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, where we're currently both located. Um, and I was doing the, the fitness thing, running some businesses. I owned a tanning salon and all these crazy shenanigans. Uh, and, uh, I had guns as a hobby, love guns, love firearms going out and kind of letting off some steam. And uh, Ben had this big page on Instagram when it was kind of up and running. It was like, oh, man, it's the coolest thing ever to get a shout out by these big pages. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, he was right down the street in Myrtle Beach. And that's uh, how we initially met. I was like, man, this kid's like 19 years old, this little twerp, you know, well, that, to the gym. And well, uh, that's it. I'd like to bring a little more detail to, uh, the, uh, to, the, to the story. So first time... Um, we linked up, we went out to the range, middle of nowhere. Like this is like this isn't even a range. This is this like a blind date, by the way. Like he it was, it was essentially yeah, it was essentially a blind date, hundred percent. No, we, we had a there were a couple other friends with us, but um this guy, this guy rolls up in a red Tahoe with this massive lettering of sky fitness all over <laughs> it and gets out. Hi, I'm Will. I was like, Holy crap, this is the biggest douchebag ever see that i can see that <laughs> and uh, that's that was that was my first impression of will um yeah. but you know we uh that kind of that kind of broke broke the ground for things and uh <laughs> as soon as we met we were always back and forth and like okay well what like what could we do together because will will had the local community on lockdown and i was growing the whole social thing and um we, we kind of just hit it off and then we had we had a couple crazy ideas really you remember uh, armed and average back in the day and, i do yeah that was an yep. interesting channel that we uh yeah i think we filmed all of one one video yep yep and uh then it then it spiraled into procurement for the local police departments and trying to mess around with the government which sucked and then um we were like holy crap we have a lot of contacts in the gun industry why don't we why don't we try something on that front. Like we got this whole social media thing going on and that's, that's really the culmination of when Forge was, was born. Um, it's taken many shapes and forms since then we've, we've finally settled into 
what we're good at and it's, it's just been a wild ride it's been it was it's been uh, actually five years this month wow congrats for soul um mm-hmm. so when, when will got out though was he the biggest douche ever no he wasn't like, no yeah. no what like one of the uh he, he'll never admit this but he's a big teddy bear he is he totally is yeah i, I can be you know, it depends. There's there's a lot of sides to Will. I'm like an onion. You just got to keep peeling them back. Well, yeah. I'll say it's really hard to get on your bad side. I'll say that. Yeah, but if you are, yeah, it's true. watch out. If yeah. you are, watch out. Like, Will's yeah. take a shirt off your back for you type yeah. of deal. But if you piss him off, you do not want to be in front of him. No. Hey, you mean take my own shirt off back? <laughs> Let's just clarify how that works. Let's just hold on. Yeah, thank you. We thank just you. need I mean, to clarify this on a podcast. Let's just make sure we're saying this properly. Take my own shirt off. Thank you. Thank I'm not you. taking off their shirt. Okay, good. Just make sure. I mean, sure. It, it, it depends, right? It depends on the that is true, but that's true. But those days are over. So, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. digressed. Okay. So, so my question to you, Ben, maybe this is not true. I feel like you're an introvert. 100%. Dude. Okay. 100%. I, I hate people. <laughs> I hate people, which is okay. really weird considering I, I'm part owner in a marketing company. Yeah. Yep. And then, well, you're completely opposite. So yes, extremely extroverted. So how did that relationship work out? <clears throat> I mean, I think that's why it's perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's the exact definition of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you really think about it, I, I've been very, um, I don't know if this is fortunate or not, but I've owned a lot of businesses and you know, I started my first company at 18 years old. Um, and I've had quite a few business partners or people I've been, you know, associated with at a, um, you know, business level doing things that we both had vested interest in. And, um, I've had a lot of partners that were, you know, as I call, we were both driving the bus at the same time. And then there were people that, you know, kind of did their own role and had their own, you know, values to the table. So at the end of the day, you know, me and Ben being so very different, it's exactly what's needed and exactly what, you know has led us to the success of Forge Relations at, you know, where we're at right now because of that, because we're both not trying to take over a certain role. We both know who we are, our strong, our strong points and our weak points. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, Ben, like, what did you do before Forge Relations? Like, were you an employee? Were you even like, you know, thinking of starting a business one day? Like, where were you at? So I was a kid. Uh, cause I started, I got on Instagram at like 17, 18. Uh, that's when I started guns daily, had no clue what I was doing. You know, if, if we want to go through that whole story, hit 5,000 followers. I still remember that. Like, Oh my gosh, 5,000 followers. And then the other, then like the next big one was hundred K and then I hit 300 K and I was like, Holy crap, this is a thing. It was at like three or 400 K. I was like, okay, there's money here. Companies started approaching being like, Hey, can we do some work together? And this is back in. 2013-14 era, right? So right when Instagram was taken off, especially for the gun community, and and um, I saw the I saw the business potential, and and it, like right then and there, I was like, okay, I'm only going to represent companies that I wholeheartedly believe in. I want to be very cautious about who I work with. I want to make sure this is a long term thing because there are a whole bunch, you know, what we call Guns Daily now is like a repost page or like a curation of other people's content, right? That that genre has, has slipped a lot um, or it, maybe it's evolved more so, but there's, there's not many pages around that do that. And, and I'm not even extremely active. Like I, I remember the days when I would post five times a day and I did that for at least like three or four years straight, right? Like didn't miss a single day. Um, and that's, that was a big part of the growth and, you know, back to the business side, 
uh, saw the value in it and, and started building these relationships. Uh, I lived up in, in Connecticut at the time. I was going to school uh, trying to get my criminal justice degree. Um, world world, world uh, incidents happened uh, that involved you know, police officers. And I was like, maybe this is not the career I want to go down. And ultimately, uh, to be frank, I was earning more cash doing this Instagram thing than I could have as a police officer. So I was like, what am I, you know, let's pivot for a second here. Like, what can I do? Uh, had a friend that lived here in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, moved down, visited him like twice. Was like, oh, this is a cool place. Moved down at 19, never looked back, met Will probably a couple of years later. I was probably... Uh, 21 if i had to if i had to estimate and uh the rest is history that's really cool i mean so you you chose south carolina on a whim like you didn't have job yeah. lined up or career yeah so you kind of no like, no i i came down i had i had some cash saved up which when you move by the way you blow through really fast like really fast that was that was an eye-opener yeah. uh, great, great words of wisdom to all the viewers out there Beth. Thank yeah, you. yeah 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 that's oh, what i'm perfect in Tennessee, great business thing. 101 <laughs> Chock, chock full of them, Will. Chock full of them. Yeah, no, great. Yep. Yeah. Um, best decision I ever made, though. Like, like I couldn't do what I was doing up there uh, or continue to do what I'm doing now up there, rather. And um, It's just a freer country down here. Yeah. First state, you know. Welcome to the South. Yeah. So, okay. And, yeah, Will, like, serial entrepreneur, like you said, kind of everywhere. Um, also, like, where did the bounty hunting come in? So you both have this criminal justice... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I'll give you the uh, you know the high end rundown of of Will's life story to this point. Uh, graduated college with a psychology and business degree, um, and during college, uh, the only job, the only person I really ever worked for was my dad, who was a land developer, uh, built houses. So I was always you know always worked with my hands. Always that DIY guy. Uh, so when I graduated college, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So me and my friend, Drew Marisi, we started a fence company. And the reason we started a fence company was because we installed a fence one weekend. So we were like, yeah, hey, it's a great idea. Let's, uh, you know, let's just, let's start a fence company. So that's exactly what we did. We uh, bought all the equipment. We uh, got everything we needed. We rented a space from his dad that happened to be an exotic car collector. So it's the most strange thing in the world. There was a bunch of bags of cement in this little corner and dirty guys working in a in multi-million dollar Ferraris next to us. Bizarre. Uh, so we did that for a while. It was great. Um, but then we learned a very tough uh, lesson called the winter in New Jersey. Everything freezes, ground frozen. You can't dig holes, can't put up fences. So what did we do? I think we went to the diner and we were sitting there drinking some coffee. We looked at a newspaper and it said, uh, become bounty hunter. And we're like, this is a great idea. Bounty hunter, why not? Why would we not do this? And uh, it was very simple. You go to Newark, New Jersey, and uh, you take a weekend class and you become a U.S. recovery agent. I believe. Oh, my God. He, he has the badge. <laughs> yeah. In my desk, I'm going to do something fun because I love doing this. You know, you got to be careful. Watch out. So I have this. This is dated. Uh, this is dated. Let's see. And there's photos. There's photos on my Facebook page. This is dated. Um, oh boy, I got this in 2008. I was 16. Actually, no, it expires in 2008. So anyhow, I was on a rooftop in Newark. I got pepper sprayed. I got batoned, handcuffed, and they gave me a badge. 
And they said, here you go, fella, go get, you know, go get criminals. So I spent thousands of dollars, had a bulletproof uh, vest and um, went to Seaside. Oh, we trained. We got a, we got a Bronco. We called ourselves the A team. Uh, my code name was Bulldog. And, uh, you know, we went around and we, uh, we were bounty hunting people. To this day, we got one person. He was at his home sitting on his couch in his underwear. So we decided since we saw made contact with our target, we kicked in the door, drew, took out his double mag flashlights. I pepper sprayed him. We hogtied him in his underwear and brought him, brought him to the police station, which I'll never forget. The cop looks at us and goes, what the F is wrong with you people? It's like he was a wanted man. Like he had a misdemeanor, didn't pay a bill or something. We're like, it's okay. Can't break the law with us. And, um, that was my bounty hunting days. So from there, continued the construction aspect, did the fencing. I uh, went into commercial remodeling. Uh, went to Mexico. My trip to Mexico ended up me moving to South Carolina. Went to South Carolina, opened up another construction company, then opened up a gym, did that for 10 years. And lo and behold, from the gym, it was a tanning salon to a restaurant, to a lot of security company, uh, commercial flooring company. I think I currently sit on about 12 LLCs um, of various businesses and ventures. Screen printing. I did custom embroidery to screen printing. <laughs> it out, well. um, it's been fine. It's been a wild ride. Uh, coatings. I built my own gym equipment. I was called Hudson Strength Equipment. Um, I made dog bowls for a while. I made custom engraved dog bowls. Yeah, that must that must have been so, short lived. I was bored. Uh, you know, I was bored. Um, and then you know, all the odds and ends. I just you know I had fun. And then here we are, forged relations. But but we skipped over Mexico. <laughs> oh right right yeah I tried that that was I did that on purpose. Yeah no. I gave context and I just kind of blew right over it. Um, We're diving so deep wanna, for this one. This is this no. We got well, a story. If you want to? Sure, no problem. We can we can tag back into. <laughs> So Mexico was a trip with me and my two friends and I was walking on the beach and I saw a girl with angel wings tattooed on her back. And uh, I just so happened to have angel wings tattooed on my back. Uh, I just tapped her on the shoulder to look at these tattoos. And uh, that was it. She lived in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. I ended up getting married uh, three years later to this person, divorced seven months after that and uh, stayed in Myrtle Beach. There we go. All right. Cool. Cool. No. <laughs> so you've only worked for your dad. You've never actually been an employee working for the man. None, none of that. No, never. What would that look like if you had to? Death, <laughs> right? Which part? What are you asking me? If I work for someone? No, no, no. I mean, like, I know me. So I'm asking you, like, if you had oh. to work for someone else, uh -huh. what would that mean about your life? Like death? <laughs> No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, I've contemplated that many times because, I mean, you know, it's always people always think the grass is green on the other side. There's pros to cons to everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to anything like that at this point in my life. Um, so I don't know how to exactly answer that, but I, I still like the path that I can directly write my own paycheck. But I also like the opportunity because knowing who I am. Okay. It wouldn't stop me. You know, if I got a job as a position of X, the second I step foot in that building, I would already in my mind be 10 steps ahead. Yeah. So then I would figure out, well, how am I going to own this company? So I would just take that as another challenge or another stepping stone. And as the famous uh, TV show, The Office, when they hired 
Robert California, he walked in. Robert California was hired for a position of manager. He instantly got into his Corvette, drove to Florida, and within 24 hours was the CEO of the entire company. So, you know, with that style being put into the space, into the air, that's exactly how I would live if someone hired me. We take all our business advice from the office. You'll you'll realize that very fast. Like our entire business model is basically the office, you know, including their own awards called the Dundies. We just decided to do the Gundies, you know, so. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Which we're going to talk about at some point. I've got that on oh. my list here. But I'm trying to just like chronologically here, kind of, sort of. We so, yeah, we're going to try. Um, but I was going to ask you about why firearms, which you kind of answered that you had a lot of contacts and you're like, okay, why not? Doing it all over again, I guess, in hindsight, right? You guys are really great at building relationships and, and doing marketing and ambassadorship for any business or industry. Why is firearms so challenging, though, and also so easy? <laughs> yeah. Um, are, you, are you saying why we specifically dove into firearms? Well, why firearms, but also, like, what's been the biggest struggle because you chose the firearms industry? Because it's really hard to do paid advertising and, and certain things, right? Um, but what's been the reward from that too? Well, so initially, you know, when we started, remember when we started this, it was our biggest struggle was getting people into social media. We never had the struggle initially of dealing with the restrictions of social media at that particular time, because it was so early into the you know stages of this is, this is way before influencers. This is before yeah. All of that. This is just straight up Facebook, Instagram ads. This is like the original concept of this. 90% of our space was they were still stuck in TV ads and magazines, magazines and everything there. So I would say the first year, year and a half of our business was actually spent not figuring out how to advertise on digital, was spent how to get them off of a dying uh, breed of advertising or a dying platform to this. So after we spent all that time and did that, then we're like, Oh, now we're in an industry that is completely restricted because of all the shenanigans that goes on. Um, yeah. You know, so we were kind of like, well, we're pot committed at this point, you know, yeah. it's let's learn and understand how to do this. And then of course the age of influencers came around, which opened up another completely another door for distribution. Um, so that kind of gave us a huge edge. Um, and now we're, you know, where we are now, which is just total craziness <laughs> <clears throat> to bounce off of will, you know, the, in the early days, um, it was a battle to convince companies like, Hey, you should be investing time, money into social. Like they thought it was the most ludicrous thing. You know, we, to, to will's point, that was where we spent the majority of our time. Like, Hey, this is, this is a viable thing that you need to treat as a real part of your business you know it used it would just get kind of thrown into the to the marketing bubble of someone's responsibilities and they they didn't really pay attention to it and you know now we've gotten to the point if you're not on social you're you're it's too late like you're five years behind unless you can come up with something really creative to stand out you know we we very rarely even bother with a brand if they don't understand you know if they don't already understand social media or the value of it it's it's not worth the time to try to convince a company now yeah. to invest in the social if their if their head is stuck in that that tv and magazine era um 
they're just, they're almost just too far gone. You know, we'd, we'd prefer to work with the company that's like excited and engaged and gets it. And now we're beginning to work with a lot more marketing directors that are younger, that like they're, you know, they're close to my age where they've, they've grown up with a phone in their hand almost their entire life and they get it. Right. So it's been, it's been very interesting to see that shift, you know, with the, with the influencers too. We, we had this battle of like, influencers as a whole have gone through this whole thing and, and the gun industry specifically is probably five-ish years behind the rest of the world right like the makeup industry or entertainment or you know food blogs or i don't care whatever it is they they accepted influencers and content creators very quickly whereas in our industry you're shunned for being yeah. a youtuber like oh my god you're a shill because you you uh did a video about this product and gave it a good review, right? Like we were fighting this very weird uphill battle where both the brands and the consumer didn't understand what this was. And that there, of course there was, there were people that would, you know, sell their soul for a dollar. Uh, yeah, obviously there, there, you know, we try to avoid those people. Yep. Um, but there's such a bigger market. Like there's, you know, Say, coming back to like current day, when we talk to a company and they don't understand that you're paying an influencer, like, oh, we'll just send you a free product. Okay, well, I'm doing this as a full time job. Like, this is my livelihood. I can't, I can't pay my rent with a, you know, with a free gun as awesome as your two, three thousand dollar gun is. Like, that's amazing, right? That's a. There's so many levels to this that we could, we could uh, peel that onion back uh, for hours. But in the big picture, like it's a job you're oftentimes putting more time in than your nine to five. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's finally in our industry beginning to be seen that way. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good thoughts. Um, so for you guys with like joining together, what were some of those first clients that you guys took on? Or can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, we, did, we did some work with, uh, Kimber did some work with gun digest Mm -hmm. um, Those were the early, early, early on. Who else? We did a lot of work with. Uh, I would say our first real big client was Kimber. Henry Rifles. We did a lot of Henry, work. Oh yeah, Henry Rifles. Yeah. Crossbreed holsters. Uh, one of the first. So Forge started with events. You know, we'll come back to that in an early or later point. Well, actually, actually no. Forge actually started as a procurement company. Oh yeah, yeah. But the the current form of it started with events. Right. So the so the you know when we actually established Forge, it was to uh, military procurement and LEO procurement for local police departments and government contracts. Mm. Um, and within twenty five minutes of diving down that rabbit hole, we decided to quickly avert. Yeah, riveting stuff um, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, government government just sucks no matter how big or small they are. But ironically, it's it's always been a piece that I've kind of gone back and forth and dabbled with personally. From I mean, you're a bounty hunter, so you gotta you gotta hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you know, listen, when a robot gets loose, they call me and I go get it. So you know that that's the uh, the goal here. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely from that point, it was an events company. Um, Got it. And then it. To this day, you know, now we're very well established to who we are and what what our branches are, as we call it, and divisions. I really should say, of what makes up Forge. Sure, sure. Okay, let's let's dive into the events then, <laughs> and then so, I don't have questions about the rest. But client. the uh, the first thing we ever did as a company, and and I really want to thank these companies. We still do work with them. Uh, we we created something called a marketing retreat, which is essentially just 
three or four influencers and three, I think we had three sponsors. We, uh, we used a friend's Airbnb because we had no money. We charged, we charged these companies like the, the tiniest amount of money, you know, to put their faith in us. Cause we were, we, this was an Instagram kid and some dude from Myrtle beach, you know? So, uh, hunter. There, yeah. Bounty hunter. There was, a, there was an uphill, there was an uphill journey that had to, that had to be made. Yeah. And uh, Coltac, Rugged Suppressors, uh, F4 Firearms. Was there anyone else, Will? I'd feel really bad if there was. Actually, I have uh, uh, Echo Echo 6, F4 Firearms. And Nevada, and Nevada Ammo. Actually, Fire. here. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is cool. Look at this. Nostalgia. Here we so, go. Oh. We, we uh, made this. There's the first one of our first iterations of our logo. But we uh, had this little uh, thing drawn up by... I can't remember Pew Pew something or other, uh, mm -hmm. an artist on Instagram that that uh, has since blown up. But um, went out to the range with these guys, had this Airbnb, brought in a couple content creators, and just filmed it all. You know, filmed filmed funny little kind, a lot of content that you would probably now see on Reels. You know, we were we were taking a shot at back then before Reels was a thing. This was 2017. Um, Coltac is still a really good client. Like we, we consult with them every single month or every single week. So it, it's been, it's been cool to see that, that growth, but went out to the range, did our thing, came back, hung out by the pool. Uh, Brandon Herrera was there, Rachel B, a couple others, right? Like, so Brandon, Brandon had maybe like 30,000 followers at the time. That sort of deal. Uh, we borrowed at the time. Michael's was there. there. Borrowed a, hum, a Humvee. Borrowed a Humvee and borrowed a 60 quart Yeti cooler. Yep. Threw it in the back. Very important to note the 60 quart Yeti cooler. Very, very important. Remember that to this day. Very, like $700 cooler, right? Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> and I so, borrowed it from the person that I ended up selling the gym to, who then we also went back into the gym business and bought another gym together. But different story. Yeah, different cooler, story. Right. So it, we threw it in the back of Brandon's truck because our trucks had no more room. So, uh, I mean, Will's had too many stickers on it, right? And, you know, it's too many lifts. <laughs> <laughs> so we totally forgot about this thing, right? Like, we, we thought we were so, is bougie too strong a word? No. So cool because we had, a, we had a, a, fr a friend bring in a private chef, right? He's just a, one of his friends. Like, I think it was his cousin. Here's one of the... Uh... There's one of the original. Look at those. Look at what is that? The duck face, duck lips. That's or duck face. Yeah, I'm bringing back the duck face. face. Oh 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the cooler. Back to this cooler though. Sits in the back of Brandon's truck. We're we're downtown Myrtle Beach, like right on the water. Uh, for those that don't know Myrtle Beach, we call it Dirty Myrtle. You know, it. it there's parts that are nice. There's parts that are not so nice. Woke up in the morning uh, after like on this high of a successful event and everything. No more cooler. <laughs> Me and Will, you know, I think I think it was three thousand dollars total in, in, in uh, that we raised for the event. We raised for the event, and our profit margin was the exact price of a cooler. So our profit margin went to buying a new cooler. So uh, yeah, in the whole, our cooler <laughs> lesson learned. You know, great time. Don't lose it. Don't let a cooler go. But to this day, we still laugh about coolers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really where that's where it came from. Was the uh, that was the big first event, and then we never looked back from there. So it's funny, you know. We look at events now that we run, and there's 
hundreds and hundreds of people and hundreds of thousands of dollars and just, mm-hmm. you know, it's insane from the level of the logistics to the flight to the hotel, it's crazy to looking back, closing your eyes and going, we had four people, a cooler and an Airbnb, you know, and, and we were so exactly what it took. Right. And that's, you know, and that's a very, very important part because those are the lessons along those years and along those trips that we scaled up a little bit, you know, we were able to have trust in companies and, you know, spend so much money. You know, we're talking about like the Gundy's, for example, is a very, very complex, very expensive event. And, uh, you know, we, that trust comes back from day one, just being able to do that many, many years ago to the point that we are today. And, you know, and also, I mean, ultimately the the relationship, like that's what, that's what we've built our brand on. Um, when we, when we were trying to figure out what we're going to call this thing, like we were were sitting, I remember sitting at Will's kitchen table, like, what what are we going to, what are we going to call this? And and my go-to is domain names. Like I love, I love my hobby is buy domain names. I don't know why they just sit there and pay for them each year. Hold on. You collect yeah. domain names? Not like collect, but you know, you, you collect. If people want them, I'll sell them, right? Like it's a little side, it's a side. How many do you have? Well, I, every time I have a, a, an idea for a new company, I buy the domain name. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. A couple, do, couple dozen, maybe. Uh, <laughs> definitely under less than 50. But that's besides the point. That's besides uh-huh. the point. Uh huh. Okay. So. We were like, okay, forge, like, because we're creating something. We want to, like, we're bringing stuff together. So that's forging. And then, like, relationships. Like, what we do is connecting people and building relationships. So what about, like, forging relationships? Forge relations. And we're like, there's no way that's available. There's no way that, because it's such, it seems like such a simple name. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, obviously it was. And we, we jumped on it and have stuck with it ever since. You know, part of the, part of the philosophy there is, like, neither Will or I are, are super, tactical like you'll never very rarely i don't want to say never but very rarely see us like interact in that tactical space or we'll never try to be tactical um we're definitely more like the the average consumer hence the armed and average thing mm-hmm. but uh with that mindset we, we didn't want to we didn't want to turn off <laughs> potential customers to working with us because we had forge tactical.com right like 100 our, yeah. our marketplace is much bigger than just the gun industry like like we yeah. started in the industry it will always be our our home uh we have clients local clients and, and other clients in other industries right and what we love doing is trying to bring as much of that back to the firearms community like well we- and the biggest part about the tactical side i'm gonna jump in quick ben was we didn't we did not want to misrepresent ourselves exactly Ben and I have no prior service, no military service. There was never anything of that nature. So I didn't want to, you know, we never wanted to dive deep into that range Mm -hmm. um, without being a very clear understanding of we respect it. Yeah. Uh, I have many, many team guys that are really, that I consider very good friends that are dear friends. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I get to train, train with them, learn from them. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to represent that. By any way of me dressing up that. And if I do, it's very specific training, you know, CQB, or I get to do a lot of training with my local SWAT team. And it's more of a respect thing. So that's kind of where we didn't want to say, hey, we're these tactical cool guys and dressing up as commandos. Like, that's not <laughs> what we want to do. And that's not really, we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves in an already sure. very, very, very small 
industry such as firearms so we wanted to keep it as generic lifestyle you know i compete i've done three gun I, i've done idba i've done steel you know steel magic i'm by any there is no one on this earth that can call me a pro shooter by any mean or any type of competitive shooter because i've been dq'd more than i can't even I count can second that because when I get pissed off, mags get thrown at targets because that's all I'm going to hit at that point. So, you know, I've had more quad loading mishaps than anyone on the face of the planet. So, but I love it. I respect it. You know, I get to hang out with some of the best shooters in the world. JJ Ricasa, Jerry Mitchell, Aquilina. I've got to shoot with all these people that are my friends. Yeah. I'm not them, but I want to be, I respect what they do and I get to enjoy it with them, but I don't want to... I don't want to showcase myself as one particular part of the industry. I get to incorporate it all. So coming, coming real quick, I just want to hit on this. So Will mentioned his training with the SWAT team. What he really means is that he usually plays the bad guy in fourth and fourth training yeah. and uh, gets hogtied at the end of the match. Just, just yeah. And they run. shoot the all living shit out of me with the uh, sim rounds, and it I still have scars all over my body. Oh yeah, I mean I've been point blank zapped. Oh yeah, because they get mad at me. You go back every time. Of course. Why are you dumb? What do you mean dumb? It's awesome. I get to, you I play get to I, wait, do you understand? Wait, this is real. Like we're talking about, we take over an entire mall and I get to be the bad guy and I get to yell at these cops about, I'm going to order pizza for all you <laughs> in the donuts. And you know I mean? It's full on. Like I get to play. This is, this is the ultimate fantasy of uh, cops and robbers. No, so but like, you're course. gonna have shot up and scars. I don't want to be on the yeah. other side. Oh no, no. So I get to shoot them too. Now, granted, they're in full kit and body armor, which is shenanigans. Um, but so be it, you know. And then when I beat them, it's amazing. It's the best feeling ever when you get to take down a, you know, team of SWAT guys. And you know, it's kind of fun. Now, granted, that's never technically really happened, but you know, no, no, you can, you know, dream. <laughs> dream. All right, I have two. I have two things that I pulled out of that. So I want to talk about the DQs. I feel like that's important. But like, I want to go back though, and this is a serious question, legit. I am a little bit not sick of, but like everybody says something tactical. They have to be tactical. It's tactical in every business name I've ever seen, whether it is an actual tactical person or just someone building holsters or someone shooting. Oh, they've got to be tactical, whatever. Do you guys find that just as painful to have a bajillion companies all with the? <laughs> yeah. Uh, both, both from just like, it's an overplayed thing, but it, it's also the, the mindset, right? The average consumer, the non-gun owner, the, the regular American citizen, whether they're completely against guns on the fence or they are indifferent, right? That term tactical already has a connotation with it where like, everything we do, we try to bring back to the industry uh, we've been lucky enough to work with some really cool companies outside of the industry that are pro-gun, um, some really high-end car companies or, or manufacturers and uh, rental facilities and all these different things. And they're, they're, they're more in the middle, right? Like they, they like to have fun. Going to the range is really cool. Typically, if you can spend $300,000 in a car, ten grand on guns is, is nothing. So they have all the cool stuff. And they, they don't care. Like they, they don't dress up in full kit. Like they just want to go out and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to bring new people into the community, into the industry, yeah, you're not going to achieve it by shutting politics down their throat, or you need to train six days a week, or you need to wear this plate carrier, this, that, and the other. It's like everyone has different passions. You know, if you want to get and in, go into competitive shooting, awesome. If you just want to go to the range once a month, 
awesome. If you conceal carry and train every day, even better, you know, but there's so many different levels at the, uh, with the industry and the community that I think it's almost damaging for us when we overuse these terms and it, and it can turn off a lot of these people in the, um, that are down the middle that are curious to it because it, it feels so foreign or, um, nerve wracking, right? Like as a, as a first time, uh, gun buyer for example even going into a gun store and they have they have their 511 pants on nothing against 511 right but they have that look that we all know and they're like oh you need to buy the pink 380 or you need to buy this that and the other like that's in my personal opinion that is so damaging to the potential that that we can bring to the community so that's my rant on tactical oh i'm 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 there uh well DQs. (laughs) DQs. <laughs> Why? Yeah. How? I mean, you know, let me just clarify by my DQs were very safe DQs. Um, always showed clear. Always had, ha- always had hammer down. Always was, you know, properly stored. But then somehow a magazine would come out, come in my hand, and I would throw it to hit the target to make a point. And probably um, still miss. And oh yeah, and I'd more than likely miss. <laughs> um, so you know. It's just one of those things, um, you know, like I, I've, I've got to run some matches and with J.J. Rakaza, for example, and, you know, I shadowed him and how he does it. And I'm like, okay, this is beyond my comprehension. So I would try and emulate that. And essentially what would happen is this. I'd have a game plan. I'd know my stage and have three gun, but do this, da, 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 blah, 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 all this good stuff. And it was laser focused. I mean, laser focused. I was so zoned in. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I had my round count. Everything was beautiful. I watched it in my head. I mean, I watched it as Keanu Reeves was going through the hotel and just taking everybody out. That is exactly how, and I threw in some matrix moves. I was so confident that I had this dialed in and I was backtracking slow motion. My one hand, you know, perfect. And then I would hear this very, very common thing everyone hears. Shooter ready? Mm -hmm. Still at this point, 100% dialed in. I am just laser. That is that beautiful draw, A zone, A zone, boom, boom, boom. Standby, still there. And then the dreaded beep. Holster would get stuck. Magazine would fly out. Shoot something that wasn't supposed to be shot. Bump into something, run, magazines flying out, <laughs> drop my gun in the wrong thing, pick this up, shoot that, magazine, shotgun shells popping out everywhere. And of course, along the way was this absolute beautiful symphony of curse words <laughs> that were blaring in rhythm. As my round should have been going down range, it was more of this song of the f's and the oh my god and the f this and shit this and boom that (laughs) it was perfect so at the end you know the range everyone in the whole facility would say sir can you pack up your stuff and go home (laughs) there's kids around so yeah that is their problem that's That's their problem yeah that's my competition days it's it's funny it's funny because you know, when I first moved down here, once again, Instagram kid phase, right? Mm-hmm. I w- I'd go to the range with a buddy of mine <laughs> probably three to four times a week. 
Like, like I, I got pretty proficient with my firearm. Like also, when rounds were two cents. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, stuff was super cheap. But my point being is, like, the more we got into the industry, it's uh, <clears throat> it's a lot more desk work than actually getting out there and shooting, which which really sucks because like Steel Challenge was my jam. I love Steel Challenge, and now now it's probably been three years since I've been able to go to a match. But wow. Um, takeaway there, I think, is you know. Try to when we do go to the range. Now it's all just filming. You know, we, me and Will have more recently been trying to be like, okay, this Friday, this Saturday, whatever it is, like we're just going to go to the range. We're going to take everyone in the office out. We're just going to have fun. You know, like there's no we, we put the cameras down. We tried this whole vlog thing for a little while that we'll probably bring back. But um, let's just go and have some fun with it. You know, and and there's no pressure, no cameras. We'll shoot some shoot some stuff and, and have some fun with it. But it's it's hard. Uh, I, as ironic as it is, it's hard to find that time. Yeah. Uh, even though we live and breathe guns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have videos from the Symphony of Cursor? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I yeah. Can't. And also, I have videos of now. I I was shooting three gun uh -huh. before three gun was a thing. Uh -huh. Okay. And this we was have, before he I has met, photos. He has this photos is before I met Ben. This is before this is like beginning Instagram days. And I didn't really know what three gun was. So when I got prepared, I had a drop down mag pouches. I had a drop down holster. I had a fully tactical shotgun Mossberg 500. I had the bandolier because I thought I had to carry thousands of rounds into these matches and I'll never forget stages I would run in my stupid Uncle Mike's drop-down mag holster around my leg that hold like I think it held like what one six six thirty-round mags. They would all fly out. So by the time I got to the point where I needed my AR and I wouldn't shoot the target once or twice, I would mag dump a complete mag into each <laughs> into each target. And I remember my gun was a XD forty ported. My first pistol I ever bought in New Jersey, and I just blared that thing. I bought Extendo Magos, and I was just, you know, wiling out. And I was having a pump shotgun with a four-grip pump laser. I called it, man. And I would go out there because I was a bodybuilder at the time. I was competing, so I'd have a tank top. I, I honestly thought I was Van Damme. Van Damme and Sylvester Stallone. That's what I thought that it was. And I ran around like a lunatic. Now you got to now you got to find the photo. <laughs> I need photos and videos. Um best, best but, but that got you into it, right? You had a blast, right? Great time. Love it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah so we laughed. me. They just they just politely said, "Let's show you the way." And I was like, "Oh, there's a way. Perfect. Let's do it." And then, you know, there it is. Just went from there. He didn't get any better. Even no. with the way. No, no. Got, yeah, didn't get better at all, but here 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 you go. Here's a bounty hunting photo. There you go. I remember that. Yeah, there's Will the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Good times. You shared that before. I just I did, yes. oh, like the the stuff that we talk about in three gun though is for sure is run what you got, bring what you got. Um, my experience was not as tactical, but just as stupid. My shotgun was not worked over, it was five round capacity, load one at a time. Like my <laughs> magazine pouches were my pockets, like it was bad, bad. And I had just my cool Glock. My iron sights on the rifle, by the way, there was no other sights, just irons, just flip up iron. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those yeah. targets at three, 400 yards, they weren't hit. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh yeah. I never hit anything. Yeah. I would just go ding. 
Because by the time I was running out of ammo, I would just look back and go, ding, you see that? Good. Next target. Hit. And you uh, called your own hit, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I would well, hit. Yeah. Okay. For the Gundies, I think we need to do a fundraiser where if we raise so much money, you have to shoot a three-gun stage that I set up. Mm-hmm. I would pay probably $1,000 to watch that shit show. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Wait, which part? Like, I will, I will, I'll, we'll, we can split that. Like, yeah, I mean, screw it, we'll double it, right? Like, I mean, we're videoing it. Well, I'm not kidding. I can't. Wait, I have to go back with the original swag, like the yeah. original gear. Oh, you got to do it. I believe I have all the original Like, white gear, you know, bandolier. Bandolier. Use your hunting shotgun. The 40 cal. That I don't have anymore. I believe. Oh, we'll find you. We have a high point you can use. It's perfect. Yeah, I'll use a high point instead. Yeah. All right, that's charity. That's a fundraiser. I've had more people chip in too, and then, and then you get to choose where the donation goes. Well, that's the that's the even playing field. There you go. We have a zebra print high point. Will that work? <laughs> hmm. A zebra print high point. I like that. Oh yeah, that's actually our gun. What am I saying? Why am I saying I like that? We have that gun. No, that's, where you, that's where you need to compete with. I think it's like uh, eight plus one or something. Maybe. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yep. All right. So I've digressed. But again, that is that is fantastic. That is the best story I've ever heard. Um, great. So going back to the business, I want to know a couple things too. Um, I am terrified of ever having employees. <laughs> uh, so how did you guys make that decision to scale and, and have employees? And like, what were those growing pains like figuring all that out? Oh, okay. So. Um, <laughs> Start off as a two-man show. Let me jump in because this, this, is, this is a little bit easier for me. So, you know, Forge Relations wasn't my first rodeo. Right. Um, so me personally, I'm not speaking for Ben, but me personally, which, you know, this answers a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've had lots and lots and lots of employees over the years from, you know, construction employees to fitness personal trainers to – Tanning salon assistants. Yeah. So employees was never really, you know, I was way over that pump or sorry, I was way over that hump long, long, long ago. Um, So for me, it was just very simple workflow opportunity. um, You know, essentially this is what the company was bringing in. This is the valuation of each employee. This is what they were going to bring to put in. It was just very simple, just numbers and and business. That was it. Yeah. So there was no thought of management or how to do it or how to understand it. It was just simply, these are the contracts. This is the money coming in. Two people have to equate to this growth. We need another person specifically do this, increase our output. Our, you know, this is our cost factor valuation. That, that's it. So as far as Ben's concerned, I have no idea. I don't know what Ben was thinking. Uh, I had no, I had a lot to learn because I, I came in it from the exact opposite, right? Like I didn't have any of that. So <clears throat> managing people has been a learning experience. It's, it's, I think it's a very valuable skill set to have, and it's one you're always going to hone. Um, Especially for an introvert that doesn't like people to start 100%. off. hundred percent. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and we really hit our growth phase going into COVID. Yeah. Um, maybe like six months, eight months before COVID, we, we hired um, our first full-time employee, and then COVID hit. We had that two-month slump, whatever, and then and then – uh, we were in our old office at the time, and then everything just exploded. Like the the demand went through the roof for everything digital. We were we were getting phone calls left and right on like, hey, can you help us with this? Like, hey, we're scrambling. Um, 
then all of a sudden the government started dropping cash and, and companies were like, Hey, there's people that are trying to spend money. Uh, we need help with this whole digital thing. And we went from three of us and an intern to now we're at, there's seven of us in the office and the three remote. So we're at like 10 employees plus our web team, um, which is, which we treat as kind of a separate entity, but it was, it was just a very fast growth phase over the past two years mm-hmm. and, and scaling that side of the business to make sure, you know, like number one, we want to make sure the client's always taken care of. Like we'll, we'll turn down work before we overload ourselves with um, bringing on a new client, right? We want to make sure that our current clients are taken care of. And then, and then two, just finding good people, <laughs> good people that understand the industry, uh, marketers, are a dime a dozen, right? Like that, they really aren't, but um, it's easy to find someone, you know, in the marketing space, but finding someone that understands digital marketing, number one, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that fun stuff. And then someone who is cool with firearms, yep. knows the industry, uh, knows how to, to talk the talk, walk the walk sort of deal. That's like, that's nearly impossible. That's less than half percent of the whole world population. Um, right. Let me ask you this too, with that, do you think that like across the board in other industries, whether it's food, beverage, hospitality, whatever, do you think that firearms is the one where you can't just pull a marketing person to pull a marketing person? Like they have to know firearms. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's- we talked about that yesterday. The client that uh, we're talking to in Canada, actually, um, you know, that's what really separates forge from other marketing firms. We were born in the firearms industry. So with that being said, you know, it is very niche. And with that, you have to truly understand your marketplace. You have to understand how to not only communicate, but also how to distribute that content properly. And when it comes to other marketing firms that are outside of the industries that are, you know, I'm talking about major marketing firms that are in New York, you know, have a valuation of a billion dollars, half a million, you know, half a billion massive companies, Mm -hmm. all these employees and stuff. Um, very challenging because if you don't understand the proper way, you can't do what is done for every other industry in the world. Yep. And that has been the biggest bonus to us because when we get into, because we don't just work in the firearms space. Yeah. So when we, when we work in other spaces, it's amazing because we take the techniques that were used in the firearm space mm-hmm. and we put them to a traditional company and it helps tremendously because that's not really what's done. It's very traditional ad buy this posting. Yep. They don't do that because they don't have to, because there is no restriction. Yep. You can literally just go boop, bop, boom, boom, buy this, boom, bop, boom, you know, and bada bing, boom. There it is. You know, we can't do that. You can't be like, hey, here's my new Glock. Negative, sir. <laughs> you know, finished. no links. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't hashtag this. Can't do that. You know, it's like, holy smokes. You know, by the time you figured out what you can done, what you can actually do, you have you have Will's resume once you've something yeah. Like that. Well, no, you have two solo cups and a string, and you're putting it on a wall, listening. That's that's what you have. You have the most rudimentary form of advertising. You might as well go get a horse and write a hand letter, and put a wax seal, and fly you know horseback it across the country and get your message to some lucky viewer. So, with all that being said, it's very intriguing. It forces, you, 
it Great forces job. you to be so much more creative. Yes. Right. right? Like, like going, uh, we do a lot of work with um, a couple of local dealerships and we've done some stuff nationally with, with GM. Um, going from this to that, it's such an easy, in, in the most ironic way, it's the easiest transition because every, everything that we fight for in the gun industry, like we have to fight for every single purchase. We have to fight for every single eyeball. When you get when it gets when when that floodgate opens up and you're like oh shoot I could just put a hundred dollars behind this Facebook post be great it's almost like cheating it, yeah. it's, it's a weird feeling you know it it becomes uh, it becomes a whole different ball game <clears throat> and I wouldn't have it any other way right like we've yeah learned a lot more we have a, a variety of clients that have gone through different marketing firms. And it's almost always the same spiel when they come to us. It's like, hey, we were working with this firm in LA, or we were doing this thing with this company in New York, or whatever, you know. And, and this is it's this big conglomerate, very recognizable name if you're in the industry, and and it, it never works out because they don't understand the industry. Everything that they're very good at, and they are good at what they do, does not work in this space. Like everything in this space is driven by the relationship. It's it's who you know. It's it's very connection driven right and and then the content's different 90 uh, percent of what you can do for a makeup brand uh type of content you can't do for the gun industry right so you you have to uh always be up on trends and thinking outside the box and, and it forces you to to think different for sure uh okay let me ask you this so uh we have a small industry and yet a ton of players in the industry right um there's two questions kind of two part with this is where do you think like companies or industry make mistakes or mess up? Like where, what are they lacking? And then what do you think that companies are really excelling, um, are doing right? Hmm. I mean, mess up, you know, that's a very broad, I don't think really anyone, the only way there's really, okay. So with the firearms industry, once again, niche, Okay. Very, very niche. Um, the focus of trying to hone in in a very, very specific niche of that niche is not that easy in our space. Like, you know, the cowboy dueling shoot off thing. There's only so many people. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that. But it's still, it's such a small, small piece. So there's companies that make some certain parts or they advertise for that. You know, it pops up once in a while. The people that shoot the red light and they shoot blanks and all this. It's cool. It's super cool. But, you know, from the grand scheme of things, when they when companies are very pigeonholed with inside of our community, it's it's much harder. And then you yeah. see companies like Brownells is a great example. Brownells does it right. Brownells, you know, they understand the industry they understand the market they understand the consumer they understand how to reach all parts of the consumer and not only that most importantly they understand the system they understand how influencers are valuable they know how to treat their influencers they understand how to treat their distribution centers they get it because that is what's needed because as a community the only way we work so I guess to answer your question, let me just make it very simple. Mm -hmm. Companies that are making it are companies that are willing to work within the community and make everyone work together as a collaboration instead of separate. So yes. the companies that are not are the companies that are trying to separate and divide through calling people out or doing something of the nature that's not bringing us together. Maybe not everyone's going to do something right, do something wrong. So be it, whatever. 
not everyone's going to be perfect. Not everyone, you know, is going to be a three gun master and not throw mags at shit. It doesn't mean you discourage them from doing something. So I think that's really, truly it. It's just the marketing play of understanding the industry and using the industry to work together as a community instead of separating the community through division. So I I think that's really the only way we can't break it down to products. We can't break it down to certain things. It's just more of a messaging. Um, So the ones doing it right work together. The ones doing it wrong are the ones trying to separate us. I think at the highest level, it's companies that understand people versus companies that don't. Um, Brownells being a great example, uh, as Will mentioned, they invest back both into their employees, but also the content creators they work with. Uh, Everyone's on the same level. From my understanding, they hire from within a lot of times. I think that's just healthy business across the border. Like that's not exclusive to the gun industry. Um, And they invest into their people, no matter what shape that takes, whether it's, whether it's uh, doing their social summits, which are huge, right? Like they'll, I had this conversation the other day, they bring out creators that are small and large and those creators stick with them for the, for eternity, you know, like that's, that's where our, a big chunk of our affinity for them came from one. They've always supported, this just turned into a massive call out for Browns, but one, they've always supported us, but two, like I went to one of their social summits early on, we went deep sea fishing. We, we got to breach doors. We did all this cool stuff. There was no expectation whatsoever. Uh, we got to meet the people behind the brand. Uh, Josh Corbin, Roy Hill, uh, Pete Brownell came out, like um, Ryan Rep. Like we got to interact with the company. It wasn't just like, hey, here's my product. Go, go try it. It's like we were building a relationship with the people. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, where you're going to see the biggest divide between companies that are succeeding yeah. versus companies that are just trying to sell a product. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that goes back to, I think the consumers are the same way of like, okay, they see them being involved in shooting sports or, or people or influencers or whatever. Those are the companies that people are buying from. I mean, exactly. yeah. Yep. Plug for Brownells. I love their stuff. I have some primers on order coming my way already. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that kind of answers a question about companies that are doing doing it right too you know it's it's i think it's in the same answer it's, it's people or companies that are being people focused yeah yeah 100 percent. all right let's talk about why the gundies came around and how the gundies came around <laughs> right, well, how, you. how ridiculously awesome and absurd though the gundies are <laughs> yeah um so the gundies were truly developed from understanding how to benefit from what we've created from an influencer stance and how do we really separate ourselves from the rest and get our name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and truly, 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 it was an opportunity to do something that's never been done before in our community, but yet has been done so many times. So once again, the Gundy's on a whole is nothing new. Um, it's new to our community. And that goes back to the original conversation when we first started Forge was how we were always focusing on trying to show companies a new way of doing things and getting them to switch over what was actually happening. And the Gundy's is no different. You know, every industry in pretty much all space has an award. You know, you have one for gaming, you got one for Hollywood, you got one for pretty much every industry has an award ceremony. Well, there wasn't really anything for the gun community. Um, So taking that into consideration, we knew. In order to make this mainstream, 
in order to have a shot at real at getting real sponsors at getting it really you know at a level that it wasn't just very niche and you know in a basement somewhere and it wasn't going to be able to reach the masses we knew we had to make light of it we knew we had to make it fun light humorous but also you know serious and more than so, one 60 ounce yeti cooler <laughs> exactly 100% 100% so i um was completely obsessed with The Office. I think that's pretty much all I watched for like two years straight, three years straight. It was on loop rotation in my house. Who are you in The Office? Background. Um, You know, I don't really have a specific character just because I've, through every season, I portrayed myself in different characters throughout the multiple seasons, throughout the multiple times I've watched it. So, you know, depending on the mood, could be Michael Scott, could be Dwight. You know, it could be Jim. Sometimes, you know, a Creed. I was a big fan of Creed. He was that creepy guy in the corner. Didn't really fit there very often, but he made those funny things. Never really fit into the Kevin Malone aspect. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, my belly wasn't quite there yet. Um, you know, sometimes Meredith was funny. You know, so there's so many different, definitely never hit the Oscar part. Uh, I think Ben took that role a little bit more. Um, so <laughs> essentially, uh, you know, that was a big part of it. So when the award came up, um, we just started focusing on the categories and then understanding the categories. It all just, it happened very organically. It was a very good fit, the Gundy's Dundies. And then not only that, the opportunity for marketing, um, the first Gundy's was by far the best Gundy's just personally, because not only was it such a stretch, that first phone call, I'll never forget. Once again, it was Brownells. You know, the first phone call was to Josh from Brownells and said, Hey, got this crazy idea. When do you have a minute? Two minutes later, we're on the phone. I said, here's the deal. Chacho, we're going to host this award ceremony called the Gundy's. And he went, love it. I'm in. I went, woohoo. That's one out of 14 done. Nice. Now the rest of them. There's only 10 back then. 10. And the rest of them were not as easy by any means. The explanation, the jokes, the memes, you know, we did podcasts, the community laughed. The community, not not on a whole. I would say the first year it was very, it was very split. Sure. But the other half that was split, it was more of confusion and it was like a one-time thing. It wouldn't ever last, it wouldn't be a thing. So we had a lot, we had a huge uphill battle from an advertising point. We had an uphill battle from explanation, but then we also had to put on this event during the largest gun event of our community, which was SHOT Show. So we, we went in full steam ahead and saying, okay, we're going to do this. We are not strong enough to do it as a standalone event. We need to use something that is already stationary where everyone's going to be because no one's going to travel for this. So we had to pick Shot Show, and from Shot Show, now we're playing with the big boys. So now, if we're going to take a, if we're going to take a day out of the calendar, which is a seven day calendar, and it's going to be that Monday, we better put on one hell of a show because there's big parties. You know, Glock throws parties. Everybody, everybody's throwing parties. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so it was a very interesting challenge that first one. So that's where it developed. Uh, the the, the vlog. It, Real quick, if I can jump in, just just for those that don't know what the Gundy's is, you might have caught on by this point, but it's a, it's an award show and ceremony uh, voted on by the people in the community. It's it's a voter choice awards in simple terms. Um, first year we had ten categories, we now have fifteen, and you get to vote for 
best outdoorsman or most likely to survive the apocalypse. Uh, last year we added most dapper, which is going to stay in there. Most dapper uh, influencer um, to most influential male, female uh, influence of the year. So to Will's point, like there's this diversity of serious categories and um, more humorous categories, like most likely to survive the apocalypse. <clears throat> At the end of the day, like we're very aware it's a popularity contest. The more followers you have, the more likely you, you are to win. That's just the nature of a voter choice yeah. type of deal. Or if you pay uh, off the uh, announcer, you know, hundred bucks to say twenty-two points. hundred. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> maybe, maybe year one <laughs> this year. There better be a whole pile of zeros. Do you remember that though? Twenty-two points was like the best influencer award. We're like. We remember. What did we miss? Yeah, that was that was, un, that was unscripted at its finest. Um, but remember, you know, that's the Gundies itself. You know, yeah. the, the the actual setup of the Gundies, you know, and the conception, it was just so intriguing from the business side. Um, I think the best part truly was the advertising. Uh, and, you know, I was very fortunate that our first co-host, Thea, um, it was such a natural fit. She loved the Gundys, um, our chemistry together from a co-host, you know, from hosting, it was great. Um, and we got to film some of the, to this day, still some of the best filming. Uh, some of it's never done. even made it to the internet. It was. Yeah. Still- well, no, no, it all has. We released everything. Oh, did we? Oh, that's right. We yeah. Released the yeah. I mean, I got video. to dress up, you know, we essentially took some of the best episodes in the office history and remade it towards our industry. Um, you know, like where I dressed up. Jim dressed up as Dwight. Me and Thea did that, and we we did a whole skit there. The skits were unbelievable, um, and you know those were some of the parts that no matter what happened with the Gundies, if it, that night, because at that point it was just a one night thing. You know, there were people voting the setup. We didn't really know what was happening. We already felt we won because we got people to this website. We got, you know, we got a lot of people talking about it. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget, you know, our setup consisted of Ben, myself, our our part-time event coordinator that we hired like a month out, um, who actually used to go to my gym. So I hired her there, uh, Josh. Um, I, I don't even know who else helped me. Yeah, that, that was it. And we rented, was our videographer. Yeah, time. videographer. Um, and we rented. We went to. We rented a little like piece, like a little mic for karaoke. We rented out an entire bar. Never saw the bar ever. Um, we didn't saw, know. We saw the, the day stage. before. We saw the yeah, day, day before. before. Um, and Nacho Daddy, you know, it was a great establishment. They were. They loved it. You know, they gave us everything. But granted, as we were hanging banners, people were still eating dinner. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we, we worked it down to the minute. So we set up the Gundy's hours before mm-hmm. the event actually happened. Um, I 3d printed all the trophies. Everything was built out of pure, just sweat, sweat, blood and tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably a lot more tears than anything else. Um, there were many times that we're like, I don't want to do this. This is just, this is just so dumb to be epic failure, but we never stopped. And, uh, you know, after the night was over, I did about 400 scorpion shots, which is Nacho's daddy's famous shots. And, um, yeah, the next day I had to get two double bags of IV put into my arm for hydration because I was so hungover. And that was it. Never, never looked back since. And, uh, and you so, now got to shoot an RPG because of it. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, well, RPG along with many, many others, connections, relationships, tanks, 
adventures. I mean, all stemming from the Gundies. I mean, now it's it's very interesting when we talk to clients. We're like, yeah, the Gundies. Like, oh yeah, I know the Gundies. Like to sit there and go, you know, the Gundies. Now it's so it's so unbelievably intriguing to hear that the how the level it's gotten to. This is year um, three, right? Three. Uh, four. 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 Okay. Yeah. We've done. Yeah, we've done. Yeah. Three. So yeah, and. And truly, once again, this I, this may sound weird. Um, I don't want to say the word "thank COVID," but where we are, you know, we would not be at the level that we are right now at this particular moment um, if COVID never happened, uh, because we were set up for year two at the exact same situation. Okay. We were taking Gundy's year two with the exact same approach. We're going to rent out Nacho Daddy. I think it was, we were going to rent out the whole thing. We were, we were just going to go bigger, but it was still just an award ceremony. So when we were going back and forth, this whole COVID thing happened. Nobody really knew what was going on with SHOT Show. When we finally got the phone call, uh, I mean, me and Ben, were, our offices were, we were right next to each other in our old office. We didn't have offices. We, were we didn't just have an office. It was just one office space. <laughs> And our desks were next to each other upstairs. Um, anyhow, we got the phone call saying, hey, SHOT Show has been canceled. Mm -hmm. So we had two options at that point. It was either cancel the Gundies or say, let's do the Gundies. Like, and that was it. That was our green light. That was our moment in life and an award. That was our moment in time to realize that we can do this without anything else. And right. we can also control our own destiny without having SHOT Show determine what this event was going to be. So instead of always tagging along the Gundies with something else and making it a, you know, uh, a combination, shower, this was yeah. now a stand a standalone event. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget within 12 hours, we were on the phone. I was like, where can we go? Like, where are we going to do this thing? What makes it not going to be Vegas? That's like, people are, that's dumb. Um, and then we just remember seeing this, all this cool content come out from drive tanks with these tanks and this and that. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Perfect. And I, we sent a DM, we got a phone number. And uh, now I'm very happy to say Spencer and Alicia and all the drive tanks are family to us. I mean, what they've done, what we've done together, they believed in us. They literally said, okay, this sounds cool. And me and Ben were on a plane within 48 hours. Jeez. We flew to Texas. We met everybody and they were just like, okay let's do it and uh we went i mean it was crazy the first range was a piece of string i mean it was so crazy the fact that we did that now we amplified it obviously more sponsors but we had to also rush to get sponsors because now we had to add an award ceremony i'm sorry an expo a range day so not only did we have this ceremony over here now we had to do this so we had live streaming and every day that went on we added another level of complexity to our already complex event that we were so out of our league. But you know what? I look back now and we used to say that we used to say we were so out of our league and really, truly looking back, we weren't out of our league. We were just taking the experiences that we had and just combining it in a really short period of time with zero option of failure. Yeah. We couldn't fail to fail at something like that would have been not only fail at an event, but fail at our company. Right. So it was unacceptable to have those terms. And mm -hmm. then we came up with the Gundies and here we are now. So well, I don't think anybody that went or had been to them would ever think that they were failure. You guys might've seen it, right? Or parts that you could have done better. Whereas we're like, this is epic. Nobody's done this. Like, how awesome is this? Right. Well, it's always that moment, you know, like we're, I remember at the first Gundies, we're setting up, I'm standing on a ladder, hanging banners. Um, 
literally people are eating still because we didn't get the whole thing shut down for the day. It was only for our little four hour, um, whatever <laughs> time frame, right? And just like, holy crap, is anyone going to show up? Is anyone going to show up? We had, we had like over 150 RSVPs or something like that, but that means nothing. Yeah. And then um, I remember this distinctly to this day. Tim from Military Arms Channel walks in a half hour early. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, and then, and then uh, John Patton from the Gun Collective shows up. Uh, Warrior Poet Society rolls in. Scott from Kentucky Ballistics shows And we're like, holy crap, like we're actually doing this. And then there is a full freaking house of over 100 people. I don't know what the exact number is. I don't remember. But we, oh, we it was way over two, way over 100 people. Right. We flushed that place out. Um, and that was, that was the moment we have something. And then, and then like Will was saying about year number two with the cancellation of shot show. Well, I think it was literally that night that we called Spencer and Alicia. Oh, yeah, it was. it was that day. And, and they, they've been so good to us and talking about the logistical headache of doing an event in the middle of nowhere outside of a, out two hours outside of the closest major city getting people to the town and then to drive tanks and figuring out lodging and travel. We, I mean, in a, in a town that has very, 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 very little space for anything like that. You know, yeah. there are one, two, three, four hotels. Oh, I know. We drove an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but probably three Airbnbs. Very, very exciting news for this year. But anyhow, I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah, well, let, let's, say, let's save that. I remember that the hint. Good. I remember the hint, but I'm, I'm so <laughs> It was, um, and then even like, like at Drive Tanks the first year, I think there were probably six of us. Uh, we got there a couple of days early. We were running around with our heads cut off. Um, and that was probably the best thing that it could have happened because we learned so much. I remember standing there with Spencer just being like, okay, nothing bad. Nothing, nothing bad has happened. Like everyone's still alive. There's no whole <laughs> anyone. Holy smokes. Like one person drove down the wrong road, which they, which they said could have been detrimental because it's like an active hunting Oh shit! Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but nothing yeah. happened, and Good. and wait, we're allowed to swear. Wait, hold on. We're allowed to swear. You you just said shit. I can yeah. say shit. Yeah. Oh, you can say shit. Will, Will, you know me. <laughs> well, I've been hurting, holding back on curse words. Why? Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. So, anyways, uh, the a after like after the ceremony ended just the biggest wave of relief I've ever felt like the biggest feeling of success. It was, it was, you know, something you, cr you almost crave, right? Oh, yeah. It's the most, it's the most stress you put six months into this thing. It's the most stressful time period month out. It's crunch time. And then it, it's, it's done. Validated. Like, it's validated. Right. It's like this, it's this uh, two day thing and then it's done. Yeah. And all that adrenaline just dumps and it's over. And, huh. How long did you sleep after? Oh, well, right <laughs> after we didn't because once again, like I said, only six people, we sent we sent the other four home. Me and Will had to clean up everything. <laughs> we forgot about that part. So we spent, yeah. we spent And we forgot about that part again last year. <laughs> Not nearly as bad. We had a little help, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, oh. A little we had instead of two people, there were four of us. Guys. Yes, but only two of them were actually doing cleanup, and the other one person was still to this day not knowing what they were doing. <clears throat> is that is that Ben? 
Oh, a hundred. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know what he's talking about. But yeah, that's a very sore subject. Anyway, but, yeah. Anyway, so so long story short, it's been a hell of a journey. Um, Gundy's year four last year was incredible. Blew yeah, one of my expectations. Yeah, so we're we're getting to that point where it's like, okay, how do we keep upping it? How do we keep upping it? So we've got a couple incredible sponsors that are as crazy as we are and want to invest into some crazy stuff. So that, that'll be, we'll save that for the event. I feel like Dylan Precision has got to be one of those. There's a, there's a lot of things, you know, there, there's a lot of cool things in the works. And at the end of the day, like one of the, one of the biggest things with the Gundies outside of like celebrating creators that put in all this effort, I, I, we could go on, on for hours about all the intricacies and stuff. The, one of the, coolest parts for me last year was seeing we did this thing called sponsor appreciation day so it's the setup day it's the friday before last year was friday before so everyone's setting up um but we also made the range hot in the in the afternoon so sponsors could shoot other companies guns uh we had all the activities going so sponsors got to do the tank ride go on the safari uh shoot the tanks if they wanted stuff like that and then we had a dinner in the evening and I had I had a good friend of ours, you actually know him, we were on a call with him earlier today, come up to me and just give me the biggest hug and say, I've never been to an event where someone invested the time into the companies that were event that were attending. Yeah. Because it's all they go stand behind their booth, they talk to the the influencers. If no one comes up, like they feel like gypped, you know. But they they got to experience everything that the content creator got to experience the next day. Yeah. So for me, that was probably like the biggest win, like getting getting to provide both entertainment to the sponsor, but all and also the marketing value that that came with it, right? The B the B two B networking, um, the the experience overall. For sure, uh, Ben, are you Gen Z or are you still millennial? I'm a '95 baby, so I think I'm a millennial. All right. I don't know. You're my little brother's age. I have no idea. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I'm not far off from you, but that's funny. Um, well, just I was wondering about the cleanup thing. Okay, okay, we're gonna work on that then. Well, Will's old, so you know he's got that going for him. Yep, it um, took me it took me a month to recover from the Gundies. I'm sure, I'm sure, 100. percent I saw I saw the glass eyes of Will. I was like, are you alive or a zombie right now? For sure. I, I was done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone hits that wall at some point. Yeah. Okay, so I had a question. I don't know if you can remember the the one thing. What is the coolest thing that you've ever done in the firearms industry or because of the firearms industry? Like once in a lifetime opportunity that you've gotten to do. <laughs> Which will, that's a huge list of firearms. So, so caveat, we started vlogging for that exact reason because we do so much cool stuff and we're so blessed for it. I can't I yeah. can't be more grateful. But that's why we started recording a lot of our adventures because it's the coolest thing to look back. Uh, well, do you have one? I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, you know, first of all, it's, <sighs> it's such a hard question to answer because, you know, we have to follow it up with saying so far. So far. You know, yeah. So so far. Yep. Um, but I would truly say one of the best memories that really just stand out was one of our first real big trips. And I like it because if we if we talk about the start to the absolute finish of it, it was filled with massive, massive ups and downs. Um, 
<laughs> and that was a trip we did for Gun Digest with uh, Howa. So we were filming a TV show called Modern Shooter. Um, so it was a uh, essentially a TV show. And we started our trip out in the part California. We flew into California. Um, we rent it, you know, we had a budget for all this. This is all kind of allocated out through multiple companies. Uh, we had a brand new Denali, uh, XL SUV, beautiful truck. And from there, our trip started from California and ended in, well, we went to Portland, Will. Portland, Portland, Portland. No, no, different, different, different trip. Uh, anyhow, so, um, started in California. Yes, sir. So, uh wait so you're telling me we went to I blade disagree. show what wait blade so you're show, blade show blade west show, blade show how uh no 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 that was a different trip those are two different trips man <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah once again this is why we vlog because we, we get to do a lot of fun things anyways sorry Will, go ahead i think i'm right oh my gosh you're right oh Oh, Will is blushing. Because now I remember. Oh, yeah. I do remember. Our two week road Look at your weeks. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember something very, very specific. Okay. So, yeah. So, it started off in Portland. Mm -hmm. uh, we did the digital advertising for a brand new show uh, for Blade Show, which was Blade Show West. Uh, they've always done, obviously, Blade Show East, which was their big, massive show. And the person that bought it at the time wanted to start a new one. Portland, great, awesome show. Got to meet bunch of awesome people still friends to this day so that trip started there we were there for like four days and then from there we started the adventure for Hawa and that was filming uh what we were calling the the one mile shot with a 6.5 Creedmoor that we built uh, a Hawa chassis uh SIG optics so it was a combination with multiple sponsors so from there after Portland we drove this long, beautiful road trip that Ben hates me because I have the tendency, especially on the West Coast when I'm driving, because I won't let anyone else drive. I love to Instagram while driving and story <laughs> on cliffs. And I'm taking my phone out and we're going down cliffs. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then, of course, stopping every hour because I want to climb mountains and get photos and all sure. that stuff. Will you We get nowhere fast. I'm like, yeah, no, nowhere. And nowhere. I had like a, I had a sunglass company at the time sponsoring me, sending me all these cool sunglasses. So I was like, oh, I gotta take photos. I gotta do this. So we got there. We got to Reno, filmed a bunch of stuff. I remember rappelling out of a Connex counter, smashing into a truck, um, doing all these cool things. Uh, and then from there, went to Vegas. Uh, love it. That's where Ben goes into a clamshell. I open up. Um, we filmed there for a little bit. And then, you know, just great time, great time. So my point about the story is from the ups and downs, we got home, we were home for like 20 minutes, got a phone call from a friend. Hey, we're doing a charity. Do you want to come help with this charity event in this location? We're like, yeah, absolutely. Packed up the truck, literally weren't even home for the night, packed up the truck with guns and crazy stuff for this charity event. Long story short, did a charity got robbed, got robbed of like 50,000, pretty much everything we had, what? all of our camera equipment, guns, everything. Uh, yeah. Parkings, everything. What? So that was one of my favorite trips because there was such a high point and such a low point, And it kind of determined, you know, the future of everything from there, making <laughs> a decision. Well, we had a good time. We had a good run. Should we call it or keep going? <laughs> we almost, it, it was a conversation away from calling it. Was it that was, insured, those items? Mm -mm. Mm. 
we uh, everything is now. We've learned we we learned a very very expensive lesson. I also got to drive home in the back of a truck with the broken window and with the wind blowing in my face while it's downpouring. Um, not funny. Yeah, not our not not the not the funnest moment, but it, it's well. If I can jump in, I think it's made us more of who we are now as a company, right? Like you learn you learn through experiences and all that fun mumbo mumbo jumbo. Um, but it may, it was, it was very, it was interesting because we had just come off this two week high. Like we were literally went from Portland all the way to Scottsdale. We were playing with McLarens and Scottsdale. And oh yeah. I forgot about what? Scottsdale. Right. Yeah. We got to do a photo shoot for, um, <gasps> for, uh, two companies in Scottsdale, both That's involving supercars. Luxury auto collections and McLaren of Scottsdale. That's yep. Fly home, Myrtle beach, settle in that phone call, drive to Atlanta. I hate Atlanta. That's why. Um, and it was it was like you went from the top of the world to the very to the very bottom like we were standing there this is it's in the dave and busters parking lot and we're just standing there at one in the morning because we were all celebrating the 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 charity event was great raised a ton of money charity money got stolen of course yeah and uh that drive home i just remember that drive like all i had left was my suitcase because my suitcase was at the at the house the airbnb and that just had clothes in it, like laptops. I just bought this, this uh, you know, I decked out this uh, this MacBook, four thousand dollar MacBook that I was making payments on at the time. You know, took me probably a year to pay it off or something. I don't know, but I think that that like makes the great moments better. Sure. In the, in a weird way. No. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. <laughs> been there. But. Well, that was that was at my list. We, we've got a couple trips that are that are up there. We went to Colorado, did something in Colorado, got to go. Yeah, to, but everything there is just that's where I say like the so far. You know, I mean, right. we've hung from helicopters, rappel. That's probably mine. So we we got a chance to do um, a, it's called Skyline. Yeah, got to hang from a helicopter. It was a surprise. We were doing it for an event, and the the Greystone people putting it together were like, "Hey, Will, you uh, you and Ben are going up." And we had no clue. And we we got up there right as the sun was setting. It was the most incredible feeling. You're hanging yeah, from a helicopter cool. by a rope. Mm-hmm. You can't see the ground because the sun's gone down. And you're just you're you're. It's like okay, well, if this breaks, like I'm done. You, yeah. you have no control. And it was the first and only time I've ever felt like completely at ease with it. <laughs> completely at ease. Yeah, Greystone's done some really cool things. I mean, I would say my first, I, I got to fly a helicopter with it. Grace, well, not fly. I got to take over the controls and manipulate the helicopter in a left to right direction with, you know, very little, you know, <laughs> but I still had control of the helicopter. Got to jump out of a helicopter into what that was cool. Uh, you know, I learned Didn't how to your back up really bad for a while. Well, yeah, I also got an enema at the same time. Um, so it was a wonderful opportunity to learn exactly how water operates in, um, you know, upflow situations. So it was, uh, it was a great, great time. Uh, so a lot of first there, um, you know, of course shot an RPG. That was really cool. That was really cool. Um, got to do like shape charges. That was really cool. I mean, so there's just, yeah. Very, 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 very fortunate over the years of Instagram. Just obviously the, the people that I met, the relationships that I be- met, um, the adventures. <laughs> I mean, they're just so unbelievably priceless and they're so wild. I mean, yeah, they are. 
so unbelievably wild that I'm, I don't want to say desensitized to it by any means, yeah. but I am more like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Like what's next? Like, well, I'm sure I want to go on, get on a spaceship and go to the moon. Like, why not? I feel like that, but that's really truly the only way to level up now is to go to the moon. <laughs> it's not even leveling up. It's like, if that's an option, <laughs> why, why not? Like there, that's, my, that's my whole point. Like everybody should be, if it's something they want, yeah. there's, there should be nothing unattainable Yeah, within, within, within reason. There's no reason to set yourself to say, I sh- can't do something. I shouldn't okay. do something. That's shenanigans. Yep. So that's actually one of my, my final questions for you guys is if there is a dreamer out there listening, or if there is someone that's coming up, um, and they want to be in the fire industry or firearms industry, or they want to start a business in it, like, what would you say to them and give them advice from where you are now? Um, so you're talking about specifically someone that wants to be in the firearms industry specifically. Um, well, I mean, my advice is one, there's no reason not to do that. You have, I think it's a great opportunity, but I think with that game plan, depending on your financial situation and depending on how you want this business to be run, my only advice is make, make sure you have multiple outlets with inside of your firearm space that you can simultaneously focus on the firearm space, truly love to do it. But if you need to, you know, put food on your plate and provide, I would find other industries that you can simultaneously work with. So work on um, collaborations and work on doing industries that fit with the firearms, outdoor space, hunting, bows, knives, um, overlanding, whatever that may be, work on that simultaneously. So you have multiple sources. Yeah. The the farm industry is interesting because the majority of larger companies they typically were started by, or successful companies, they were typically started by people that made the money not in the industry. They're like, oh, guns are cool. I want to I want to make an AR, right? Like that's, that, there's a very big chunk of companies that that's how they've got started. The The middle ground of, of many companies is you're, it's not going to be this massive moneymaker. There's so many ups and downs and it's it's very politically driven based on who's in office. Like there's so many factors that, COVID, right? We had we had companies that scaled ten thousand percent, and now they're now they're having to lay off workers, hundreds, sometimes hundreds of workers, because we're back in this flow. You know, so kind of being mindful of that is is very important. But if you're if this is like something you're hungry for, you're set on doing, you want to get into the industry, it's your passion. The cliche thing is like you got to put in the work, but probably the most important piece, and this I think this goes for all business is connecting with the right people we tell this to all our clients like go to every event you can afford whether you're exhibiting whether you're just going to attend like be there network connect with people build the relationships make a fool of yourself at the bar within reason (laughs) you know make friends and and you'll succeed like our entire business has been built on those relationships and and most of the big deals have not been made at the event themselves it's typically always been made after the event at a dinner or at the bar or you know that's the point where people really get to know each other and trust and build build a level of of trust yeah so you know that that's a big part of it and if you're not there you can't do that over the phone you can't You can't do that through via whatever crazy, you know, VR 
interaction. It's gotta be, it's gotta be in person. Yeah. The metaverse will never replace no. that real connection around the bar. That yeah. it, it's interesting you say that. Um, I want to say about a year ago, like, so when COVID hit, I was ramping up to what I'm doing now, right? I was like, I'm on this path. This is what I'm going to pursue. This is where I'm going to get. And COVID hit and it kind of destroyed mine because mine was the connections I needed, the events I wanted to go to, like all of that. So this time, like this, this year and the last, yeah, last year, I've just said, yes. I'm like, the Gundys didn't have it on my plate to go, but then you guys opened it up to anyone that was nominated. I was like, bye. Like, I'm going to go book plane, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. Figure it out. And like, I got an invite recently for something else. I'm like, I'm going to go. And it wasn't something I had on my schedule or on my radar, but I can't not go to these opportunities because every single time, and I haven't, I haven't gone to it looking out what's in it for me. Right. I've gone to it. Like, I can't wait. I'm excited. And then something else happened along the way that I'm like, Holy cow. Like, can Mm -hmm. you imagine if I didn't go? So like, that's, that is the investment, right? Like don't be dumb and spending, but like, if you have the finances and you can do it, go, it's worth it. And you can figure out how to do it on a budget. You can do the 17-hour drive. You can stay in the in the shitty hotel, right? Like there, there's ways to do it. <clears throat> and it's it's the dividend return that you're gonna get is is so huge. You know, you it's everything's people driven. I think that's yeah. kind of my theme for this. Like everything is people driven. Yeah, no, it's it's mind-blowing, like you guys said, of what we get to do, what we've had been able to do, and the people that we've met are just like chill normal people that you're just like oh, okay no big deal yeah. you're like the founder of brownells like, okay yeah and they, they become friends you know and, and and you you grow together and probably the other piece to that the other half is is like provide value like don't ask for something like always always be the first to be like hey can i what can i do for you or uh, buy their product, put some content out. But to, uh, there's, you know, there's so many directions you can go in the industry. But if you want to be this influencer or whatever, you have to put the effort in up front, or you know, you're going to get passed by. Yeah, I have yeah. said that a million times, especially when people come and ask me how they get sponsors. I wrote a blog, guys. <laughs> go, go read that blog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's by product. It's it's getting on social media. It's recommending and all of doing all that work before you even think to ask. Because yeah, no. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And believe in it. You have to. You have to believe in it. You have to believe in yourself. Yes. You have to believe in what you're promoting. Yep. Perception. The internet is perception, um, and people can see right through it if you're being fake. So don't only go into something. Don't, well, don't go into it just for the money. Like you have to have your heart in it. Yep. Just such the most cliche thing to say, but it's also probably the most true. It's true. All right, guys. Well, what is next for Forge Relations? Anything you can share? Um, Well, of course, the Gundy's 2023. Um, We have a couple other events on the horizon. Uh, We would definitely love to announce our event that we are doing uh, with collaboration with some great, great people. Um, That event is called all American machine gun shoot. And that is going to be open to the public. Uh, And that is going to be taking place at a range called sawmill, October 14th and 15th, I believe. Um, And uh, so it's a two day event. Once again, open to the public, it's going to be a, um, machine gun shoot it's going to be a swap meet for parts it's going to be uh open to the public you can come in shoot guns check out all the vendors and of course you know buy things right there so uh it's going to be essentially a gun show mixed in with a range day that you can come and participate and do fun little uh uh, activations such as uh, i think one of them we're going to do like 
train with a Navy SEAL where they you get to have 20, 30 minutes as a group and understand how they operate as they operated as a team, get to see that firsthand. Uh, we're going to be raising quite a bit of money for charity. We're going to be bringing uh, Battle Buddies, of course. Um, Battle Buddy 3 Gun. Yes. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we're going to be incorporating another charity called Special Operations Wounded Warriors. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Um, and then from there, um, you know, Gundy's after that. And then potentially in the spring, there could be a very, very fun event uh, with another great collaborator that we're doing that with. Um, so, you know, in the meantime of all that, of course, we're just going to kind of go with the flow of the politics that are happening, you know, obviously following along with gas prices and everything out with inflation and um, policies that are being implemented every day. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But one thing I do want to leave you with, especially focusing on the Gundys, we have to give a tremendous um, shout out to the town of Uvalde because they've always supported yeah. Um, you know, the Gundys from not only supplying food for everyone, but housing and, you know, being very helpful yeah. and then taking it a step further. The last year, we even worked directly with the high school, with the ROTC, uh, ROTC program where they came out and they volunteered to help at the Gundys and they actually helped with parking. They did a lot. It was amazing. Um, so with that being said, this year's Gundys, uh, we want to be able to give back to the town for multiple reasons. Um, but also, you know, raise some money for those for that town in particular and um, see what we can do to help out for, you know, their gratitude of what they've done for us. And we'd like to support them uh, as much as we can. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're headed. That's incredible. Awesome. Ben, any final thoughts that you've got? No, I think I echo uh, everything that Will said, his sentiment, the... It only get, it only gets bigger, right? We we're we're big fans of growing together with the with the people around us, and we're looking forward to what the future holds. It's it's an interesting time to be in the digital space, so we're uh, we're we're looking forward to to what's to come. Awesome, great. All right, well, guys, how can people find you on social media, both personally and business related, and what's your website as well? So forgerelations.com, very straightforward. Forge Relations on every piece of social. Um, if you want to dig back in some old <laughs> content, we have a YouTube channel called Will and Ben. Which, uh, <laughs> if you if you feel like wasting a couple hours, you can go on there. Pretty awesome. It's, and it's, that channel that channel is going to be. Um, I personally have to use the channel because. Uh, I got a new, I got a new truck and we have some collaborations and some DIY builds that I have to do want to do so obviously they're going to be on the the Will and what is it called Will and Ben I can't remember what the channel oh, is called Will and Ben yeah and 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 there's a podcast there's a podcast channel called the Forge floating out there with I think five or six episodes on I don't it's even on, know if we made it that far Will it might be like three three yeah so That's they're out there there's a lot of cool things out there but. We have a we have a new we moved into a new building beginning at twenty one I believe if I remember correctly we have a full podcast studio full photo video studio so a lot of that stuff will be coming back awesome awesome um, Ben how do we find you on Instagram <laughs> uh, I mean Guns Daily is is the start and finish of my social media existence so that's yeah and then Will is well. Just my name. 
Just wild ranking. dog bounty hunter. Wild dog bounty hunter. TikTok. You know, I I, I hit almost a million on TikTok. That was fun. Did you really? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. that's a good. And thing. then they shut. And then they shut them down. And they shut me down. That makes um, sense. <laughs> Totally shut me down. They're like, yeah, no, you're done now, sir. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just Will Ranky on all platforms. LinkedIn. Let's focus on the professional one. LinkedIn, okay? I'm on LinkedIn as William Ranky. No, it's Will Ranky. So if you want to contact me, go to LinkedIn. You don't even check LinkedIn, do you? I do, actually, quite a bit. Okay. Wow. I don't. Yeah. I changed my profile photo two days ago. So there you go. Nice. There you go. Your, your job for the year is done. You're done. Good. Done. Yeah. Guys, thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing uh, industry insights and all of the, the stories because it's really fun. And I'm excited to see you guys grow. I'm impressed uh, with everything that you guys do and honored to work alongside you as well. So thank you. Awesome. Thank That's you so much. Appreciate you for having us. Heck yeah. All right, listeners, stay tuned. Check out Forge Relations. And do not forget this fall to vote in the Gundy's Awards. Uh, and stay tuned for more on that because I'm excited for it, for what you've got in store. I already know it's going to be something. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Young Kenzie.